Good morning, church. You know, we are on a journey, each one of us, an individualized journey. We're on a road, um, and for, as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 35, we're on the road of holiness, the road of holiness. But today we're talking about, um, about our journey and how God is guiding us and blessing us. Today we are talking about the road to the promised land. And I think that in this message, there is a tremendous call to us. Because God did not bring us into this place, into this time that we live in, to fail. He has brought us here for success. He has brought us here to experience life. In the words of Jesus, he said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. God wants us to have a purpose-driven life, a, a focus, and a purpose in our lives. And we're going to talk about that um, starting with the story of Joshua. Now, you can imagine what life was like for Joshua. He was one of two who were still alive that came out of Egypt. There was Caleb and Joshua, the two faithful spies. Twelve went into the promised land as they were on the border of the promised land with Moses. They had exited um, Egypt and they had seen God's mighty works. They had seen incredible miracles and provisions for them. And Joshua and Caleb came back and they said, it is a goodly land and we may possess it. But there were 10 who said, oh no, you should see those people. They're giants in that land. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. And the Israelites shrunk back and didn't have faith. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and that generation passed away. Even Moses passed away. All he saw was the promised land from Mount Nebo before he died. Joshua and Caleb, the two faithful spies. But Joshua was to be the leader. He was the one who was to take them into the promised land. The time had come. And Joshua was the leader. Joshua had been anointed with a purpose and a direction in life. An awesome task. When you consider the ragtag brand, band of Israelites that were always complaining, always, always struggling for position and all of the different things that were going on, but Joshua was going to be the leader. And God gives him an incredible promise. God gives him this promise in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He says, no one, this is God speaking. Now, I don't know whether it was in a dream or whether it was in person or whether it was in uh, an experience similar to a burning bush, but he says, no one, how many? No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. Or abandon you. God promises his presence and, and success to follow Joshua. 
Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That, that Joshua has this mandate from God. The creator of the universe is speaking to him and telling him, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or forsake you or abandon you. And no one will be able to stand against you. Two big promises. God said this. Did Joshua believe it? Well, I hope he did. But it doesn't stop there. But I, I, I want to go to Matthew chapter 28, because does this promise to Joshua apply to us? Is God going to be with us like he was with Joshua? Well, Jesus had lived his ministry three and a half years, walking on the earth. He died on the cross. The third day he rose from the grave. Now, in his glorified state, he is standing before his disciples, ready to ascend into heaven. And he gives the great commission. And listen to the promise that Jesus gave to his believers. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, the same promise. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That means, my friends, that on our journey to the promised land, God is with us wherever we go. Jesus has promised his presence with us. Do you believe that? If you believe that, raise your hand. Yes, Jesus is with us on our journey. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is with us now. He is right there sitting in the seat next to you. He is right there. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But then God gives Joshua three commands. Three commands. And this is what I want to focus on today because this is at the heart of success for Joshua and it's also at the heart of success for us. The three commands are be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Joshua, above all, be strong and courageous. Would God ask this of Joshua if he was not capable of being strong and courageous? No. no. But you know what? We're going to find out. We're going to find out some more behind what makes him strong. And courageous, because this is a message for us on our journey to the promised land. This promise is for us as well. Keep that in mind. I want you to remember that. So the first command is be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Well, this is a promise that came and started with Abraham. Abraham was the ancestor of Joshua. And he says, he gives him, he gives him this objective. He says, you're going to lead these people into the promised land that I have promised to, to your ancestors and to you. So here's the objective. But he says, in order to do this, you're going to have to be strong and courageous on this road to the promised land. Be strong and courageous. That call is for us too, 
to be strong and courageous. Because in this world, there are obstacles. And that's, that's what I want to talk to you about now. So here's a mission. Here's a mission in Ephesians chapter 2.10. And uh, I thank you. You know, Danielle came up with this passage that she wanted to share with you today. And she said, will this fit into the sermon? I said, oh my goodness. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Because God spoke to Danielle and gave her a passage that was going to be in the heart of this message. Because Jesus made a promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. He is with us. He joins us together as one. He says, and I love this so much, for we are God's masterpiece. If you believe that you're God's masterpiece, raise your hand. You know, you may not feel that way, but Jesus said you are. You are his masterpiece. He loves you. And he says, he, he, was, he has created us. Oh, who created the universe? God. It says all things were made through Jesus. Nothing that, that uh, is made was, nothing that was not made, it was made through him. He made all things. He says, so he created us anew. Um, I like that because that goes along with my name. I was born anew, and I start every day anew, you know. But he created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the, oh my goodness, don't, don't lose out on this. So we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Do you hear what this is saying? No matter where you are in your life experience, no matter how long you've been on the planet, whether you're just starting out or you're getting toward the end, God has a good work for you. He is at work bringing about defining moments in us as he transforms us and prepares us for good works. That means that each of you, each one, no matter how smart, no matter how talented, no matter how plain, no matter how simple, no matter how whatever, God has something for each and every one of us to do, and each and every one of those things is absolutely essential to his mission. So when you say, I don't have any talent, when you say, uh, God can't use me, you're wrong because it says you're his masterpiece. And he has created you and planned good things for you to do in your lifetime. So that gives us purpose. You know, one of the greatest problems in the world today is that people are living without a sense of purpose and mission. People are living lost Living from moment to moment. <laughs> hey, I got to share this. It just popped into my head. One day, I was living in the Pacific Northwest, and there was a brand new soccer field that had been put in. And, and it had snowed, and I have a practice of going out on early morning prayer walks. And it had snowed about an inch deep. And I saw this soccer field, and it just had this incredibly even blanket of snow on it. And so I thought, I'm going to walk a straight line. And so I was looking at my feet, 
putting one foot carefully in front of the other, and I thought I was walking a straight line. I looked back, and that path went like this. So then I got the bright idea. There was a lamppost out in the distance, and I looked at that lamppost. I looked at the light. I looked at the light, and I walked toward the light, and when I looked back, my footpath was exactly straight. You know, if we don't have a purpose and a mission in life, if we don't have something that we're living for, we're like that aimless path, each step in front of the other without purpose. And then we look at the light, and we walk the straight line. So God has given us a purpose. He has given us things to do, and that's as a church, as a body, but also as individuals. You were born with a purpose. Born with a purpose. So now the, set, the, the third command, I want to jump to the third command. He says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be, what? Afraid, Afraid do, or Scared. discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There's that repeat again. But the objective is to lead the people. Be strong and courageous because you're going to lead the people. That's his mission. But the obstacles are fear and discouragement. What if I fail? What will people think of me? Will they think I'm crazy? What, 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 if, what if people shun me? What if people ignore me now because I've made this decision to follow what I know God is calling me to do in my life? What if they reject me or discouragement? I've been praying about this for so long, and, and God has not answered my prayer. I, I've tried and tried and tried again, and it just never works out, and we just give up. The Twin Towers of Satan's arsenal are fear and discouragement. When you come up against fear or discouragement, know that God has set you up for success because the enemy is always going to prey on your emotions of fear and discouragement to keep you from going into the promised land. He wants to, he wants to thwart you. He wants to buffet you. He wants to make it so difficult so that you say, is it worth it? Is it worth another try? Or, or all of the other reasons, fear and discouragement. Those, those are, they come in different forms, but they are his main arsenal against us to keep us from being and fulfilling the purpose for which God made us. When you come up against fear and discouragement, know that that's not from God. When you come up against fear and discouragement, know that God has set you up for something great. And you go step through that, that curtain of fear and discouragement, and on the other side is an incredible surprise. Amen. Yeah. Fear and discouragement. But the center, the center is be strong and very courageous. What's different in this command? It has very, God in the center command has emphasized be strong and very courageous. Now this really might seem kind of odd to you 
because this doesn't have the objective and it doesn't have the obstacles. So why wouldn't the very courageous and very strong go with the obstacles? Here it is. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you... Uh oh Here's a resultant sentence here. Then, if you do this, then you will be successful in everything you do. Then you will be successful in everything you do. He's saying... The relational element right in the center is staying connected with the vertical, staying connected with God and his word, digesting God's word and letting it be a part of who you are because then you will be successful because that intimate relationship with God is at the heart of success. And then he continues on. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Be strong and very courageous. So as we look at these instructions to Joshua and this this road to success, to entering into the promised land. At the heart of it is God's word. Amen. So I ask a question. Why is it that we agree? Do you agree God's word is central in our lives? Amen. Why is it that we agree with God about the importance of studying his word, and yet it is an activity that we most often ignore or put off until tomorrow. Why is that? I want to take a moment, and this is a time for the congregation to share a little bit. I want to pose this question to you. What is it that gets in the way of you studying God's Word? We're going to have a roving mic coming around here. Uh, but so if you, if you would be courageous strong and courageous, to share what is it that gets in the way of you being able to experience God's presence in that study of his word. Raise your hand if you have something to share. This is your part of the, of the message, please. What gets in the way? Okay. Remind us of your name, brother. Steve. YouTube gets in the way. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Oh, we have, we have one right back here for Rita. Test. I end up keeping myself too busy. Ah, too busy. Too busy. Thank you for your honesty. What else? Over here. Yes, I work at night. And when I get home from work, when I should be studying the word of God, I'm sleeping. 
Okay. <laughs> Sleep right. gets in the way. Okay. All right. Oh, right here in the corner. Myself. I am in the way. Yourself? You're in the way. Okay. Anyone else want to share? Oh, we've got one right up here. Oh, here and then here. In my life, uh, I used to be a runner. That got in my way. And now that I've tried to make a habit, I realize it's anything I do in the day before I open up the Word. Because if I look at my telephone, it's full enough garbage to ruin my day and get <laughs> waste a lot of time. Okay. Or if I turn on the TV or anything. So I really believe it's all of life. The devil set it up that way. So for me personally, if I can make that commitment, it's worked for a while now to do that first, not let the worries of the day be first. It really helps me. Cause oh, I love that. And your, your name is? Merle. Merle. Thank you so much, Merle. Two more? Over here and then over here. School. Oh. <laughs> Stay in school. All right. Video games. Well, video games. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. We've got time for one more. Um, we might put off God for tomorrow because we think we have tomorrow. Ah, yeah. That's a very insightful statement. Okay, I, you know what? I appreciate Pastor. what's... Oh, one more. TV. TV, okay. All right. We live in the noisiest time of world's history. We are... We are constantly being distracted, constantly being distracted and pulled away from what is essential. God said, be strong and very courageous because it takes an intentional effort to put the word of God in our lives, to, to engage with God in a special way. Now, I, uh, I want to invite Steve Krivda up here. I want, want you to know a little background. Um, Steve and I occasionally have breakfast together. Come on up. Let's give Steve a pause. Thank you, Steve, for being here. So Steve and I um, occasionally do breakfast together. And we were talking. And um, I, I shared a little bit about... Um, my devotional life and, you know, how that's been working for me through the years. And we got talking about, um, about what Steve was doing. So, Steve, how, how did that conversation go as, as you remember it? Like it was yesterday? <laughs> uh, I was in a, um, <clears throat> I was at a friend's event and they were talking about God and how, you know, building, building your business through kingdom building first. And, and I realized that I wasn't doing that. I was building business and, and kingdom, like there were two separate entities. <clears throat> and I had this, 
this calling, said, you should talk to Rick. And I was like, Rick knew? Yeah. I'm like, all right. I texted you actually in the middle of that event. And so I wanted to, uh, I didn't know why I wanted to talk to you. I had no idea why that all came together. <clears throat> um, but I just said, let's, you know, let's get together for lunch. And let's have that conversation because <clears throat> I feel like there's something missing. Okay. Something's missing in my journey through life. So you felt like something was missing. And you had a devotional life at that time, didn't you? I did. I had uh, different devotional books. I'd go through different devotional apps on my phone. And it's very methodical. Um, yeah. I would do the same thing every day. You know, I'd do this first, and then I would do this first, and I would do this, you know, okay. different books. But it was pretty much stuff that other people had written. That was what we came to the conclusion of that morning. Okay. So then we finished breakfast, and... Um, Taking pity on the on the wait staff, we left our tip and we took a walk. And during the walk, something really significant came to you. Talk to us about that. Okay. Deep breath. <clears throat> yep. So during the during the, the when we were sitting down, we were talking about. Um, fear of life, and how things were moving through and going so fast, and it just felt like things were just spiraling, like we were doing everything right, um, praying, we're, we're together, we don't, we don't have any disputes, the boys are doing good, I got a great relationship with my family, and business seems to be going well, but it just felt chaotic, and it didn't make any sense at all. And I remember you had asked me the question. You said, do you trust God? Mm. And I was like, well, yeah, of course I do. Maybe not. Mm. So that's when we got up. Okay. And that's when we walked outside. Okay. And I honestly, I don't remember what you said to me outside. We walked for quite a bit. We walked around the whole complex. And as we're sitting there, <clears throat> we're talking, and you were saying something to me. And I honestly thought you said what I'm about to say out loud to mm -hmm. me. And the I kept mowing over the question, do I trust God? Do I really trust him? Mm. And I was having a challenge with that because I felt like I, I didn't. I trusted him in a lot of areas of my life. I trusted him in my marriage and the parenting and my friendships and my health and all these other types of areas. But when it came down to my finances, I don't know if you guys saw that video, that challenge was still here however many years later, 15, 13 years later. And... Like I'm sitting next to you. It was, <clears throat> I heard this loud. How can you trust me when you don't even know me? Whoa. And I looked at you and I go, what did you just say? Yeah. And you go, what do you mean? And I said what I said just now and you yeah. went, oh, that wasn't me. Yeah, that was a powerful moment. And I could see in your face how deeply felt that communication was. All right. So what did you do with that conviction? What, what followed after that at your home? I didn't, know, I didn't know how to get it known. I didn't know how to take that journey. I didn't know what does it mean to actually know who Jesus is. So I, I talked to you. I said, well, how do I do this? You know, what does it look like to know who Jesus is? Because I've been through the stories, and I've, you, know, you read through the Bible, and you go through them, and you're like, that was a really cool parable. That, that does resonate with me. And then you go to the next one, and you go to the next one, and you just keep reading through it. But I never really stopped for a moment, and, and that's why I said, well, how do I get to know who Jesus really is, the, the, the character and the man who walked the earth mm -hmm. and touched people's lives? How do I get to know him? Yeah. So what happened? 
Um, I said, what do you do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Rick showed me, a, like, so this, what, what you did today was exactly what you showed me. To slow down for a minute, and it's not just a story. There's so much in each individual verse. I mean, we spent 45 minutes in class today on one verse, hmm. right? Proverbs 1, chapter 13, right? And it was almost the identical conversation today as what was in there. Yeah. And we broke down word for word and really took a look into it. And, yeah. and when, when you, you said, I said, well, where are you? And you said, I'm in Mark. I'm like, oh, I'll go there too. And when I opened up Mark and I started going through it, you can see beyond the, beyond the words. You can, if you slow down for a second, that's when the, that's when the words, the living word really popped yeah. into my mind. It was a conversation. I could see the movie happening in front of me. I can see Christ walking up and, and just, just, just being with people. Yeah. And like his love shines so brightly. And I was like, wow, that's who Jesus is. And that's the guy. That, that, is, the, that is the man. That is the God. That is, that is who Christ and God is. And he's there for me. Yeah. And you, uh, you actually wrote, started writing things down that you were observing, didn't you? I did. Yeah. How was that to see? Because it uses a different part of your brain than your mouth uh, connection. Yeah. What was it to see that written on paper? Well, I, was, I, I, I brought my book, um, my journal that I use, and I was giggling to myself because the first page is about, I don't know, it's like four sentences. And it was, it was regurgitating what was written. Yeah. And then um, as it goes through, it gets more and more in depth, and <clears throat> it's literally a conversation. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's going beyond leaving your nets, leave your nets behind and follow me. So when you say a conversation... This is a conversation between you and Jesus. Yeah. He's yeah. The only one so it's two-way, right? Yeah, it's two-way. Yeah. Okay. Steve, thank you for sharing your story. Let's give God praise and glory. Thank, thank you, you, brother. <laughs> Friends, there are a lot of things that get in the way of the first thing that Jesus told us to do, to stay in the Word. A lot of stuff is getting in the way, and God doesn't want that. He wants you to stop cheating yourselves. Stop cheating yourselves of the incredible blessing that God wants you to experience by getting into his word and thoughtfully contemplating the message that he has for you for the day. Because when it says be strong and very courageous, what he's saying is, how will you know where you're going if you aren't having a two-way conversation with me? It's more than prayer. It's more than studying his word. It's developing ears to hear and eyes to see to step forward in faith. Friends, we have. We have a tremendous opportunity before us. No matter where you are in your journey to the promised land, you can start Conversing with God through his word. You can pray through his word. You can study his word. And let, I personally like journaling my experience in the word because it uses a different part of my brain and things go on the page that make me go, whoa. And I've gone back years. I've been doing this for over 35, 40 years. 
I've got a stack of journals this thick. And when I go back to the beginning and see some of the things I wrote down, I say, whoa, I didn't think I was anywhere near that level of connection with God back then. Friends, we have a Sabbath school here, adult Sabbath school, that in my entire life, I have never experienced such a great, safe place to study God's Word. We have children's Sabbath school that should be filled with our children. And parents and grandparents, I want to give you a charge. You need to sit down with your grandkids and your children and teach them about the love of Jesus in His Word. That they start to understand through the parent mouths of their parents the experience that can be theirs. In the world today, in the world today, there is a desert when it comes to people knowing the Word of God. There is a wasteland because biblical illiteracy is rampant in our world. It is the source of our success on the journey to the promised land. I give you this charge, my family, my friends. I give you my heart that this who is standing here today is because the living word in me that God has made me a beautiful mess where I started out is a miracle. I came from terrible brokenness in my family. But the man that's standing here today is because of the power of Jesus at work in me. I commend to you the word of God. Be strong and very courageous to continue to study God's word. As our friend Merrill said, put God first in the morning before all the other garbage piles in on top of you. Make that your first priority. And you will find your journey to the promised land blessed. Stop cheating yourselves, friends. You've cheated yourselves long enough. You are starving. Sit at the table with Jesus and study his word. Amen. We'd like to introduce a new song that is going to be our theme song for this series that reminds us that those ancient words that are written in scripture are still true and alive and applicable today. So we invite you to stand with us as we sing. It's a very easy song. Words of life, words of hope. 
my brothers and sisters, go with a mission. Go with a mission to study God's Word, to make it the first. Be strong and very courageous because God has things in store for you and for us as a body of believers that we cannot even begin to imagine. Go with the hope that Jesus gives. Go with the strength that Jesus gives. Go with the word of God alive and living in you that you may proclaim to a world that is looking for authenticity and light that Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon. Let it be so according to his word. We pray in his powerful name and all the people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you all.